0: Tony McDade, George Floyd, Darius Tarver, Stefan Clark, Antoine Rose, William Green, Miles Hall, Jamar Clark, Anderson Brown, Terrence Franklin, Lamontez Jones, Richard Perkins, Miguel Espinal, Alteter Woods, Michael Lee Marshall, Levante Biggs, Dominique Hitchinson, Junior Prosper, Christian Taylor, Keith Harrison McLeod, Trayvon Martin, Oscar Grant, Kevin Hicks, Walter Scott, Brendan Glenn, Dominique Clayton, Christopher Whitfield. Hey, Bestie Gang, it is your girl Candace here. Today, I am solo on this mission. Um, our wonderful host Nessa needed to take some time just to really deal with everything that is going on, which is totally understandable. We are definitely living in crazy times now. Um, and I think that it's very important that we all make sure that we are really taking the time to focus in on our well-being and our health and wellness, as well as our mental capacity, because this is a whole lot to watch and to see, um, day after day after day. Um, I have been really finding ways to use my platform to speak out and not to speak out from a place of anger or sadness that I feel, but really from trying to provide the education at moments, the anger and the sadness do overwhelm me. And, you know, you respond on that. I think what we're seeing in the world is very traumatic. And I think anyone who tries to, Say what we're viewing and display that in a different way is, you know, they lack empathy. They really lack uh, an awareness of human diversity. And just the human instinct is really something that they lack. Because what we are seeing, whether you are a human being, if you're seeing the execution, the murder of George Floyd, and it didn't bother you, I would question you to really evaluate what's going on with your emotional system to really not, for that not to bother you. Because 8 minutes and 46 seconds of watching someone lean on someone's neck totally bothered me. Um, And I just think over time, we've watched people die. We've heard recordings of people being murdered and it's a traumatic experience. And for people of color and African Americans specifically, this is generational trauma that we continue to endure. We continue to deal with and. It's no different than what happened to our ancestors and what happened to our great-great-grandparents. But what it is is now we're not just seeing pictures or we're not just hearing the stories about this. We are seeing these things live. So let's say George Floyd was a recording. There was a group of people that saw that live. What's happening to African-American and black people and protesters at these protests and at these marches is live. We're actually seeing a system that is showing us that they were built to discriminate to cause brutality and to harm African-American and people of color or anyone who speaks up for people of color. Blacks, to be more specific. So, it's just really a trying time. Um, I challenge everyone to be educated and to be, be aware and informed. But also take your time. Give yourself that hour or whatever you need today. Some of us need more. I know I haven't taken the full hour that I need because I've been really wanting to use my platform to speak out and I really have felt like really speaking it out is really assisting me and not holding in this anger and frustration because I want to be able to come from a place of education and knowledge. Um, I also want my nephews to be able to understand that what I'm speaking to them about is not me wanting to have them fearful. I want them to be enlightened. I want them to be woke and aware so that if they have to endure these situations, they will know how to present themselves at this point in time. It's difficult because we can't tell our kids how to present themselves. Reports have said that people don't engage in struggle. People don't engage in the power challenge that the officers are looking to engage in, or even any other white male that's attempting to harm a black person for no reason. And the response is still the same. It's either really severe harm or death. So at this point, it's really difficult. How do you keep your black sons and your black children safe? How do you coach them on what to do when they when they encounter a police officer or when they encounter somebody who appears to have a prejudice or even um, display discrimination or racism towards them? So, I just really wanted to come and really just share with you guys. And one thing that I have really found with this whole situation is you know, people can really perfect an image, but they can't fake their fruit. So, you can show me exactly who you are, you can get online to try to put up this front, you can make all these statements. But your actions and your emotion when you're making those statements tell me exactly who you are as a person. So all of these brands speaking out, we're getting, you know, CEOs on the camera reading an email. If you have to read from an email and if it takes you a week to make a response, your heart was not in it. Because the moment that I saw the video of George Floyd, I instantly, instantly responded. And I didn't, for me, I never respond with sharing the video because it's very traumatic for me. And I can't imagine being the family member of something that's consistently shared. But I speak on it and I post the names and I post the information. So if someone wants to go research that on their own, they can. And I think part of the thing is not wanting to be... A lot of these brands don't want to be seen as not saying anything. I would rather you be silent than be fake. Because, you know, when someone is silent, you pretty much know the stance that they're taking. If they get on there, you don't really know. If they get on there and share this story, you have so many people that buy into it. So, it's just really challenging to know everyone's position. And it's... And so with really trying to get you guys to, you know, refocus while we are in this fight, I really want you guys to still focus on your mental health and well-being. And what I want you guys to really think about and take into consideration is how are you feeling during this time? A lot of times when we see these things, we begin to get anxious. But what I really want you to know is anxiety is just not nervousness and the panic attacks or the worry that you may feel. You may also see that is you're overworking yourself. You're overscheduling yourself. You're not getting sleep. You feel like, you know, you're feeling like you have an insomnia, you're procrastinating, um, really irritable, avoidance, you may avoid going out, you may avoid having certain conversations with certain people. Um, and I think you really have to be aware of watching these different things that we have watched for 401 years happen to our people definitely has an impact on you. Um, I also want you guys to just really take the time to zone in on, you know, like what's going on in my body after you're reading these posts and you're scrolling or you're watching the news and all these different things. What are you feeling in your body? Be in tune with that. How does your breathing when these news reports come on and you see the police tear gassing and shooting innocent people with rubber bullets? How does your body respond to that? You really need to take notice of that because a lot of this is impacting uh, i'm seeing I'm seeing and hearing from people that they haven't slept in literally twenty four hours or that they've been up just trying to research and educate themselves more um paying money to this cost to that cost volunteering, writing letters writing emails. We definitely have to be in this fight together, but we can't fight the fight with all of our brothers and sisters next to us. And we need you healthy, emotionally, mentally, and physically to be next to us. And right now, I can't say any of us are where we want to be emotionally. So we have to take the day-to-day care. And literally when I say day-to-day, I mean after three hours of seeing these news reports and you seeing all this stuff on social media, take a break. You need to be giving yourselves at least 10 minutes to an hour to really try to detach from that. You guys, this is generational trauma that we are reliving and reliving. Every time we watch one of these videos, in our mind play something that has happened to our family member, a story that we have heard that happened to one of our ancestors or our great-grandparents during slavery or back in, you know, just racial discrimination. All those things are replaying. So we really have to be mindful that every time we see a new report, we relive another trauma. So, um... (sighs) I just think it's a really trying time for a lot of us. Um, Part of me is lost for words. Part of me is really angry, and I want to make sure that I don't relay that to you guys because I always want to come to you guys with something really refreshing and knowledgeable and something that's tangible that you guys can really take and go with. And at this moment, I wanted to just really come and be very authentic with you guys that even with the profession I am, I'm a human being and this has been very hard. Um, I have African American brothers. I have nephews. And my nephews don't look like they're 12 and 14 year old boys. I mean, they're almost 6 foot. So, when I think about somebody just pulling over my nephews because they're black, and although my nephews are mixed, they're African American and Hispanic, they don't look it. They look just like black boys. And that's what anybody white or a police officer will consider them black boys and they'll consider them a threat. And so that's really hard to really just process that somebody can see them and consider them a threat just because the color of their skin and they'll act on that. And that is something very, very, very difficult to process and to deal with and to really have to have a conversation with them because at 12 and 14 years old, there's a lot that we can explain, but At their level of development, it's a lot that they won't really feel, really fully be able to break down and understand and process. It's kind of like the surface. We can touch the surface with them. But at their level of development, they won't fully understand and really be able to break down and grasp what that is. So it's just very, very, very difficult. And, you know, family having your own experiences of... I know my brother was racially profiled and it was... That's exactly it was just racism and racially profiled. he was um handcuffed and taken away to who taken away for hours and just sat there because they said he fit the description, even though he was leaving his job in downtown Sacramento had all the information he needed. They said that he fit the description, so quote unquote they were detaining him, which was hours and hours and hours of him being handcuffed and sitting in a sacramento police station being questioned on something he didn't even do and was not in the vicinity at any time even one officer said that he did not fit the description they continued to hold him so a lot of things and that was in sacramento it also happened when my brother was a teenager when we lived in oakland and just you know knowing these things hearing the stories of my uncles and my grandfather who lived in america's georgia what he endured what my grandmother endured what my uncles endured not only being pastors but being pastors in the military the army and the navy and still having to deal with these things as african-american males and it's just really hard and i don't think people really understand the trauma that we endure as an African American, not being able to go places that other races and other cultures would go and wear those things. Like, you have to worry about having your hood on, having a scarf on. When you go into the store, you can't have the same purses that other people would have because they'll think that you stole. Or you walk down aisles in a certain manner to make sure you angle your body in a certain way to make sure that people can always see you so that they don't accuse you of stealing. Like, the things that we endure are very, very difficult, and every time one of these situations, you know, happen, it just makes you relive so much, and it makes you just think of how you work just as hard as the person next to you, but because of your skin, you're treated differently. Or you have to have some level of justification for everything, and that does not change no matter what position you go in. They can say that you can be the president when Obama was president, they still mistreated him and they didn't mistreat him for anything but the color of his skin. So I just really want us to come in and kinda of just really speak to you guys and just really kinda of zone in on what position and what role will you play in this fight? everybody's not going to march, everybody's not going to be out in the streets, but there is a level of protest that you can engage in. Some people are feeding the protesters and providing food for them after the hours of hours of being on the street. Some people are supporting the organizers with making sure that they have the supplies that they need to carry out these missions of hours of being at um, the parks and marching, being in front of the city council, being in front of the courthouses, being in front of the capitol. So really find out what your role and your position will be in this fight because we need you. Some people, there's this art. In Sacramento, there was an artist who really, he did the lawns and the lawn said Black Lives Matter. And then they're decorating the storefronts with images of black people. To some people, that doesn't matter. Well, what are images happening? Images are penetrating the The visuals that people are seeing of Black people should be seen more than as people who are worthless. We actually are worthy and we're valuable. If we weren't worthy and we weren't valuable, people would not be so threatened by us. So these images of Black people doing positive things and positive words and songs, these aren't things that are new to us. These are things that our ancestors did. These are things that they tried to take from us. So I think when you really zone into it, everybody has a role. Whether you're plasting posters that are about the next rally on in the streets, on social media, if you're making food to make sure that all these people stay fed, if you're assisting with babysitting people's children while they go out and do that, maybe you're assisting with typing up all the different reports that are coming in from the different officers that are brutalizing peaceful protesters. Really find out what your role is and what position that you will play. And zone into that. Don't feel like because somebody is doing something else that you need to be doing that same thing. Find out what your role is going to be and master that. Stick with that. And let's not give up so easy. Let's not let this be something that, you know, this fire burns down in the next two weeks. We can't do that. It's The time is now. It's time for us to rise up. And really also know that you may not have created the problem, but you can create the solution. I think it's all of our duty to really take a stance and really join in on this fight and see what we can do to support.